the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Working our way towards Friday, my friends. I love me some hump day because then I know I'm on the downward slope into Friday. But you know what? Many of you are out there enjoying uh, spring break with your kids this week, and we've just got beautiful San Diego weather. So I hope you're having a great day and a great evening, no matter where you are, whether you're in San Diego or listening to me somewhere else in the world. It's always an honor to share this time with you guys. 888-344-1170. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys tonight, but do write that number down because I've actually got... Is it gubernatorial? Is that the word? California GOP governor candidate Major Williams, who's going to be here on the show tonight at the bottom half of the hour. And if you have a question for Major, uh, give us a buzz here and we'll uh, try to get that in while he's here. And we'll also have time for your calls after that in the last uh, segment of the show. Before that, I promised y'all Jen Kearns last night. She had a little accident with her fur baby, so she couldn't be here last night. So she will be with us after the first segment. And I'm glad she's going to be here because we've got some really, really important stuff to talk about in regards to Joe Biden's announcement tomorrow and what his plans are with his gun grab. So much, much, much to talk about. And again, the number is 888-344-1170. If you're watching us right now on the Facebook page, The Answer San Diego Uh, Keep those comments rolling there. I'll try to read some of those throughout the hour. And if you have a question for Major Williams, you can post that there as well. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show and on Instagram, the same. That's where I obsess over food and all things fur babies as well. And uh, my second favorite man, my number one favorite man is my boy Gator. But my second favorite man joins me in the studio every night of the week. And of course, I'm talking about DJ Potato Skins. There's tremendous spirit in our DJ DJ Potato Skins. Tremendous spirit. Always tremendous spirit. Always fiery. And Andrea, yeah, it's one of those words, gubernatorial, that I've always laughed at. Does that mean people are running for chief goober? (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) We all know that Mussolini is a goober, so I mean, you know. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I'm, there's going to be a big meeting, I think, next week of the Republican Party here that. in California. I think it's going to be Monday, in which all the Republicans, and I'm not sure if Caitlyn Jenner, a.k.a. Bruce, is going to be there throwing his uh, high heels or his wig into the ring. But we've actually got some really uh, great people that I think are going to be uh, running. I, I, probably any of them would be better 
than than Gavin Newsom. But I you think and I do have a hopeful. We we but we have one in particular we're hopeful for. So hat tip to Major Williams for coming on tonight because I'm gonna I'm gonna pose some really serious tough questions to him. But I believe that he will be up to the challenge. Um, before that though, we got to get into some crazy. And, and you know what? I, I if you're if you're watching on Facebook, you can see that that the in studio desk here is just completely loaded with articles thanks to DJ Potato Skins. There is more crazy than we can get into every night. Um, of course, with with Jen Kern, she's going to be here in a little bit to not just talk about Biden's gun grab for tomorrow, but also wrap us up. There's some continuing information about this Major League Baseball scandal and pulling out because the Masters is now they're trying to get the Masters out of Georgia. So woke capitalism is what everybody's talking about. Right. Well, so how woke and I've talked about this for I've been talking about this for a while since before Major League Baseball, because I've been concerned about this, something called the ESG score. Right. Which is the new credit rating for businesses. I posted an article on Facebook today that Merrill Lynch started using ESG scores for investments back in 2018. Okay, so this has been going on a while. We're just now hearing about it. And I know for a fact that that's what in part was going on with 200 businesses putting a pressure on Major League Baseball to move out of Georgia. Now the pressure is on for the master. So so it's one thing for these businesses to these corporations to want to raise their ESG score, the credit rating based on environment, social justice and their governance um, by, you know, wanting to pull a baseball game out. But how about when when can possibly woke capitalism kill? Got an idea, DJ? I mean, besides, you know, the crappy, you know, substances that are in like some Coca-Cola products. But I mean, seriously, when when could it get to a point to where being woke as a corporation can kill? It's just not good business sense, period. Well, yeah, it's stupid business sense in, in, in terms of your customers, but it's gotten to where the, the, the woke mob has, has through this ESG score, has replaced uh, the customers. They don't have to care about the customers anymore they're, they're, because, we don't, because we don't matter anymore. We're, you look at what's happened with these coronavirus, right? We're, we're, and, and then the theft of our elections. Do, 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 do our, we're, we're, the, we're the customers of our government. And do, do we matter? Well, I'll tell you, Andrew, I think it's going to matter to them a lot more than they think. I, 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 and I mean, I'm just one man. I'm never buying uh, Coke again. And this is my personal decision. If there's a lot of people that do this and I believe that they're, you know, I mean, everybody that voted for Trump. I really believe that they're going to feel it in the pocketbook. They'll care in the end. Um, well, we'll see. Hopefully we will, because we've gotten to where we're so complacent. I mean, they got us with the masks, right? I mean, you know, we're so complacent as as a people. Um, and, and, and we, and I was watching my friend, Dr. Gina show today, and she listed out all the ways in which the left has seized control and destroyed aspects of our society. There's very little left that they haven't seized control of 75 million Americans, a majority of Americans who voted, voted for president Trump, right? We know that to be true. The, the, the woke mob, At doesn't, least. Do, the woke mob does not represent the majority, but yet the squeaky wheel Gets the grease, right? And they have seized control of us. My question, when does woke capitalism kill? Listen to this. United Airlines today, their tweet, our flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. That's why we plan for 50% of the 5,000 pilots we train in the next decade to be women or people of color. Learn more and apply now. I thought it was the most qualified, most most seasoned, you know, best technical expert that usually got the job, Andrea. Listen, it was bad enough when I was in corporate America 
And and I worked at a company that was considered to be the most stressful company to work for in corporate America. Literally, books were written about how difficult it was to work at Xerox Corporation when I was there. We had on every, at any given month, we had at least, what, 25, 30% of our org chart was out on temporary disability, trying to recover from the anxiety and the, and the stress that was put on the psyches of the employees. I'm not kidding you. And it was bad enough when they were hiring women and people of color who couldn't who couldn't handle the job. It was we had people going out on temporary disability who actually had the skills and the ability to do the job. And even they were crippled psychologically and emotionally and mentally at times. That's how difficult it was to work there. So then you go and you hire unskilled people who don't have the ability to do the job. What do you think is going to happen to them? One of them went mental in our parking lot. And by the way, one of them went mental against me one time. That's bad enough. But you're now going to put people in a, it, it, behind the wheel of an airplane that might not be qualified. That might not be qualified or have the goods simply because of a skin color or because of their parts. That's insane. You want to crash the glass ceiling as a woman? Don't let it be the windshield of a plane as you're tanking down, taking 300 people to crash into the ocean. How about strive to be the very very best, and if you make it, you make it? This is insane. I mean, literally. So what's going to happen? Because think of 5,000 pilots. So they're going to do the numbers, right? 5,000 pilots. So let's say only 4,500 of them are actually qualified. Oh, well, we got to have, you know, we got to have half of them. Right. So let's oh, so half twenty five hundred, but only twenty three hundred and fifty of them are actually qualified. But we got to meet that. We got to meet that headcount. Where's all the common sense gone? There is no common sense. This is literally at the point now to where wokeism will kill. This is the same kind of thing as when our military said, well, we're going to put women in infantry and women can go into battle, but we promise that it's not, we're not going to change our requirements and we're not going to change the, um, when they go into basic and their specific, uh, physical exams that they have to take. We're not, and, and sure enough, what did they do? The military turned right around and because the women couldn't, couldn't meet the same physical qualifications as the men, there's a, there's a, a particular test that they have to take that shows their overall fitness. They were lacking the requirements so now we're going to have people dying on the battlefield out of wokeness wokeness kills and here we're at but you know what the military you know that's kind of its own its own little aspect of society i I will never fly i tell you i will never fly united and i and i'm going to want to know from all the other carriers if they're on board with this nonsense this is insane this is insane. First Delta, now United. Yeah. Um, before I take a break and go to Jen, update. Got to give you your daily. I hate that my show has become so much about coronavirus and vaccines, but let me tell you, I've got a, I've got a story that I'm going to get into tomorrow that because I've got these great guests tonight, I didn't have time to get into it. But let me tell you, I don't think there's any hill that's more important to me to die on than the way in which this virus has been used to seize control and to destroy the United States of America and be a part of ushering in us as part of some global uh, new world order global economy. I mean, right? we give, we're not just giving opinions. We're giving facts, facts on what is actually happening and people need to listen. Yeah. 246 fully vaccinated Michigan residents tested positive for COVID and three died. Let that sink in. Hundreds. Not one, not two. Hundreds. Took the vaccine, still got COVID, and some of them died. Oh, but only three died. Is that your idea of a vaccine? When you when you take your kids to get them vaccinated and they're six months old or they're babies and they're toddlers, isn't the whole purpose of you getting them vaccinated and, and taking the risk that they're not going to come down with, with polio? 
If we had 226 kids getting the polio vaccine and turning right around, and so and to, uh, getting getting polio after getting vaccinated, would you would you trot your kid in to get a polio vaccine? Final point before I go. A great tweet from somebody anonymous on Twitter. People who don't want the vaccine aren't refusing it. You don't say a person is refusing to take an antidepressant or refusing to get married. You can decline without refusing. You decide what's best for you. Refuse is a manipulative term loaded with unfair moral pressure. You need to be asking yourself, even if you're pro-vaccine, with all these reports of the side effects the people still getting coronavirus, the deaths, AstraZeneca has come out today and said, yeah, clotting may be a problem, but we think it's, we think the upside is worth the risk of, of blood clots that will kill you. 99% recovery rate. Ask yourself if this vaccine really was a vaccine. Would 226 people still get COVID and, 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 and die for, and some die from it? We're going to take a break. We come back. We got to shift gears. Jennifer Kearns will be here because let me tell you, they're not just coming to you to, con- to, to get you with this vaccine and take control of you. At the same time, they're coming for your guns. And we're going to talk about it when we come back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. 888-344-1170. We've got uh, California gubernatorial candidate. Yeah, I think I said it right that time. Uh, Major Williams is going to be here in a little bit on the show. And if you've got a question for him, uh, give us a buzz um, as, as well as you can post the question on our Facebook Live right now, which is on the Answer San Diego page. But first, I promised y'all Jen Kearns last night, didn't I? Well, she's back with us tonight. She had a little issue, a little problem with her little fur baby. So she went into dog mama mode. And you know, as as me, as the world's biggest dog mama, I'm all about my fur babies. So, but I got her with me tonight. And of course, you know who Jennifer Kearns is. She's host of the new nationally syndicated show. Yes, she is. All American Radio with Jennifer Kearns and publisher of allamericannews.com. She's also a GOP strategist, which, and she's worked on some big things here in California, which you would recognize. And she's also um, one of the people that wrote some of those big controversial questions in that 2016 debate that y'all remember. So she's the perfect gal to have with me tonight because she can talk any and all topics. Hey, girl, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Okay, so um, we got to go kind of uh, lightning round um, with you tonight because I, you know, I'd love to have you on for the entire hour, but I got limited time with you. So let's start with wrapping up this MLB story because you would think that after those fools got themselves in it by pulling out of uh, Georgia with a fifty-something percent black population, then they go to Colorado, which is eighty-one percent white. Right? You would think that they'd be like, you know. Uh, the the woke mob would be kind of like trying to you know go go low, but they're pushing for the masters to pull out of Georgia right now. Tell us where this whole thing how this whole thing's playing out. Well, I think the good news here is that they've they've surpassed the silliness factor with yesterday's move from a fifty one percent black American urban population to uh, it's actually even higher eighty seven percent white suburban population in the state of Colorado. And that's just pure white. They mix white and and regular white folk. It's about 90% something white in the state of Colorado. Now, nothing wrong with that. 
But if you're the Democrats and you've based your entire career on race wars and uh, catering to a minority audience, that's a problem because Mm -hmm. those millions of dollars that would normally go to Atlanta are going to go elsewhere to the state of Colorado. Here's the funniest part. I think put it put a bow on that story. Uh, They're going to play at Coors Field, which is named after the Coors Empire. The patriarch of the Coors Molson Empire is Pete Coors. He's a staunch Republican, a Christian conservative. He ran for U.S. Senate in the state of Colorado years ago. And his family foundation still gives tons of money to Christian conservative organizations in the state. So it could not get funnier than that. I think it's a big backfire. I think, Andrea, this could actually be the beginning of the end of the cancel culture silliness. I, uh, but we'll see. Well, I would hope so. But then they, but then the same woke mob turned around and thought, okay, yeah, this works so well for us with MLB that they're trying to put the pressure on the Masters. But it sounds to me like the Masters is like, look, we're here to, uh, you know, where our focus is on Augusta, and we want to help take care of the people of Augusta. We want people to get, you know, involved in golf. And basically, we're not going anywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it has to, it has to end somewhere. I think yeah. Augusta is a great place to do it. You know, it took them, what, 100 years to admit women, they're not caving in. This is the staunch people. They are not about political correctness there. Um, But, you know, stranger things have happened. It is 2021. We're living in crazy times, so we could be talking a different story next week. Very crazy times. Um, So crazy, in fact, that, you know, uh, a a man of color, a black man, follower of Nation of Islam, Islam, killed a white cop last week, and nobody in the media is talking about that. No, it's still all about, uh, you know, we've we've got to do something about these, you know, domestic terrorists known as the white supremacists in this country. And one of the ways we're going to go about it is with a gun grab. And so Joe Biden is announcing tomorrow some executive executive orders uh, regarding a gun control. And we've got a little bit of a leak as to what he's going to be announcing. He's going to be going after something called ghost guns, which and and by the way, you know, disclaimer, I you know, I don't know about you, Jennifer Kearns, but I'm not a gun expert. I can't sit here and tell you all the differences between, you know, a semi-automatic and all that kind of stuff. What I know is the Second Amendment was written uh, to protect us against an overreaching government. And it says clearly not to be infringed upon. And I think that's that's all I need to know about guns, right? Um, yeah, so, so tomorrow, absolutely. yeah, on the executive orders, he's going after two things. One thing called a ghost gun, which is, I guess, um, you know, assemble yourself guns. Yeah, uh, gun kit. Yeah. And you can also do 3D printers. I have friends who printed guns out on 3D printers. It's pretty amazing technology. And he's also going after what's called like gun stabilizers. Which, frankly, for a woman, I have to tell you, sometimes I do need help. You know, I'm the weaker sex. I'm batting my eyelashes as I say this. <laughs> sometimes I need to put my gun on a rack if I'm out for the afternoon shooting for a long time. Those would actually be uh, illegal under under Biden's gun grab. You know, this is going to get interesting here um, uh, because Joe Biden is from the state of Delaware. Guess what the first state that ratified the United States Constitution was? Delaware. Hmm. Guess where the first gunpowder factory in America was in the 1840s when the DuPonts came to America from France and they built the gunpowder factory. That's back when gunpowder guns were were, um, in play. Uh, I still have one myself. Um, Delaware. I mean, this is a state that he hails from that has such great respect for our Second Amendment and for the gun tradition and the gun culture in America. It's a disgrace to Mm -hmm. his own home state and to the United States Constitution. Your right to be a purist 
it does say shall not infringe, and that's where it should begin and end. And you need to be asking yourself, Democrats, why he's specifically going after something that would make it easier for a woman to defend herself. Let me remind you, there. this is supposed to be about gun violence, which, by the way, we don't use a term when somebody gets drunk behind the wheel of a car as car violence, right? Uh, these are the sa- This is the same Democrat Party that told women after the Aurora shooting when they went to take guns out of Colorado, right? You know Colorado. Uh, they, they told women yeah. to use their bodily fluids to defend themselves. You think about them going after stabilizers that would make it easier easier for a woman to, to it, the great equalizer, right, would be a gun for a woman to defend herself against somebody oversized and a stabilizer is something that would make that easier for a woman to do. So I, I, I can't think that it's for any other reason. Why would you go after a stabilizer but to make it, but to remove a woman's uh, ability to defend herself, right? And on top of that, the, in, in addition to going after ghost guns and all those other things you talked about, they're also going to do, do something with these red flag laws to where they want to make it possible for friends and family to rat on somebody and have their access to guns uh, temporarily removed. And I'm thinking of all the different scenarios, what could go wrong there, right? You've got a domestic uh, abusive husband <laughs> right. ratting his wife out, going and saying, oh, my wife, that, and, and now she, she doesn't have the ability to defend herself. This is insane. It, it is insane. And, and that provision for the red flag laws is rife for abuse. It, look, you, you could have a couple break up and the other reports the other one. It's not a uh, ask questions first, suspend the gun rights later. It's suspend the gun rights first mm-hmm. and figure it out later. And so that could leave a woman very vulnerable in a breakup situation, in a divorce situation, without something to protect herself and to make her the great equalized person. Uh, look, it's ironic hypocrisy time and time again with the Democrats. They believe in a woman's right to choose except for when it comes to guns and how she wants to protect herself. And it's not with urine. It's not with bodily fluids. And it's not with a rape whistle. Mm-hmm. It, it sometimes has to be with a gun. And uh, I predict, Andrea, just in closing, because I know you got to run, they will have the same backlash effect in the 2022 midterms. If we can get the voter rolls cleaned up and get voter ID decently in place in a few states, they're going to have a backlash like we did in the state of Colorado after the Aurora theater shooting, the Batman shooting. And after Newtown, we ran the Colorado recalls and we recalled the top two uh, Democrats in the state legislature, including the Senate majority leader, which is the equivalent of like recalling Daryl Steinberg in the Sacramento assembly. So, it's going to happen. There's going to be a blowback in this country against Democrats. It's coming if they go forward with this tomorrow, which they, of course, will. Oh, they will. I'm going to have to have you back real soon because, you know, there was a shooting in Times Square. You're back in New York right now. I'm, I'm concerned for your safety. Uh, but Andrew Giuliani, well, you know, do I have about 30 seconds to pose this question to Jen? Yeah, Skin says to throw it out there. Andrew Giuliani today has announced that he's, uh, yeah, our, our America's mayor's son has announced that he's going to run against Cuomo for governor. Your thoughts? Uh, Look, I think it's good. I think he's got a better shot at that than running for the New York City mayor seat. Here's why. Uh, When you run for governor of New York, you have some of the red counties as well outside of Albany. You've got Westchester, one of the most, uh, I think, top three Republican counties in America. He's got a great shot, great name ID. John Castamatidis, also a big radio uh, owner in New York, also owns a bunch of grocery stores, may also do the same. He's never wanted to run against Cuomo. He's a friend of Cuomo-ish, 
But uh, if Cuomo uh, resigns or finds himself in an impeachment situation, Captain McKees might run too. That's that's going to be the big race to watch. Interesting, very interesting, girl. Thank you so much for being here. It's All American Radio, and um, her site is allamericannews.com. Jennifer Kearns, thanks, girl. Thanks so much. All right, now stay tuned because uh, speaking of the race for governor, we got one out here happening in California, and one of the most talked about interesting uh, candidates for that is an unknown guy named Major Williams, and you'll hear from him next. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Super excited to have you guys here with me tonight, especially because I've had so many people say to me, hey, have you heard of this guy, Major Williams, who's running for governor in California? You need to have him on your show. Well, ask and you shall receive because he joins me now. Major Williams, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks to all the people who gave you those prompts. That's right. Well, you know what? Before we get into the meat of the matter, I have a little bone to pick with you, though, my friend. Because, when sure. I, well, when I was looking at your, your resume and looking at your background, I saw that you decided to go back to, Louis, to uh, Louisiana and go to school. And instead of going to my alma mater... Louisiana State University. You chose uh, to go to you chose I, to go to Louisiana Tech. <laughs> now explain yourself on that choice. Well, you know, I, I think I just had a, a favorite a favorite coach that I wanted to play for at that particular time. So he kind of he kind of won over uh, when it came to that. But nothing against <laughs> your school at all. <laughs> all right. Well, give me a go Tigers before I can move on. Go Tigers. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, well, yeah, you've captured, uh, you know, a lot of, of people's attention. That's that's true. But you're still a, 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 a relatively unknown to many of the other people that are in the race. I mean, we you know, we hear yesterday that Caitlyn Jenner has decided to throw, you know, you know, his or her, whatever you want to use a name into it. So For there's sure. there's some bigger, bigger names in here. So I think. The biggest question people have is, tell us about yourself in the form of what have you done and what is what record of success do you have that demonstrates your ability to manage this enormous state? And that includes, my conservative people want to know, and that includes pushing back against the surge of wokeism and liberalism. Sure. Well, the, the, the mindset and perspective of what experience is, is obsolete in these days. And my, my experience comes, comes from a collaborative effort. I've been a, you know, an entrepreneur and small business owner for the last 20-something years, and all the success I've had has come from collaborative effort. Only being in politics the last four and a half years, and before that working in the nonprofit sector, I've uh, gained so many, uh, I've fostered so many great allies in regards to getting things done in the homeless community, uh, working with uh, low-income students to get schooling and housing. And here recently, over the last four and a half years, we've put together so many different, different, different initiatives, even for the state of, uh, not the state, but the the city of Pasadena as well. So we've put our arms around a lot of different things as far as experience goes. I think life gives me all my experience, which is that relatability. We all deal in politics every single day. Mm-hmm. I think for the for the longest they've created this word politics to, and only try to identify it with one particular industry. But if we're really honest with ourselves, politics is aligned with everything that we do, whether it's all our, our relationships, 
how we deal with our supervisors, how we deal with our kids. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I am that barrier breaker. I am that anomaly. I'm not a career politician. I can't tell you I have 13 master degrees or I've raised $300 million with my company, but I have impacted the lives of thousands of people. And my brand of leadership is empowering and I believe in a collaborative effort. Well, you know, I mean, clearly President Trump has shown that you can bring in somebody from the outside and or that and, and not not just that you can, but that the voters are, are actually looking uh, to outsiders to come in because they're looking at politics as broken. And clearly when you got a recall effort, because you've got citizens who are seeing that, you know, the government is broken. And this from a dude that was was mayor of a major city of California before right. he became governor. Before I get into some like policy questions, my man here, Potato Skins, reminded me before the show that he's like, you know, when, we got to talk election integrity first, because, you know, yeah. if we don't have, you know, free and fair elections going on, we can yammer all day long about policies and, you know, and where we what we should do with immigration, et cetera. But I want to know, and I and I haven't talked to anybody within the Republican Party. Clearly, you have. What is the Republican Party and your campaign planning to do to ensure election integrity going forward? Because even if he ends up getting recalled, the Dems are going to do everything they can to try to to try to get a Democrat um, back in office. Right. Well, one so there's two components to that. One of them is just making sure that people know that we are keeping our eye on that, and we're working behind the scenes to actually make sure that we protect the you know election uh, voter integrity as well. But another thing that we've talked about also is not laying out our, our plan. You can't tell a person how you're going to hit them as well. Uh, we saw what happened on the national scale, which was something that was uh, monumental and something that we wish didn't, that didn't happen. But some of the things that we're working on is really behind the scenes, and we're sending people in certain places throughout the entire state of California, making sure that they're ready, making sure they uh, know how to identify anomalies and uh, inconsistencies, and uh, working with some really great task force and teams. So I know that the outcome is going to be, you know, I'm praying, of course, that it's going to be a, a fair opportunity for the best candidate that goes out there, boots on the ground, and that's compelling enough to galvanize enough people to get the appropriate votes they need to move forward. So, uh, yes, we acknowledge it. We know we know that's been an issue, and I know that's looming in a lot of people's heads. But at the same time, it's either you're going to pray or, or doubt. And I just choose yeah. to pray and just continue to put in the work. If you should you become governor, uh, what's your plan in terms of election integrity at that point? One of the reasons why that Florida was pretty bulletproof compared to what happened in 2000 was because Governor DeSantis has done uh, he got he got a uh, you know he basically rebooted and got the got the deadwood out of the election system down there got proper processes in place and really didn't give the Democrats an opportunity to steal elections down in Florida. What would your plan right. be as governor to preserve election integrity? Well, one of the things as as an ex governor, sometimes you have to look at successful models. What Governor DeSantis did was absolutely amazing. And so as an ex-governor, that'd be something that the state of California would adopt also. Uh, what we're trying to do is not, we're not trying to push Democrats away, but we don't want uh, Republicans pushed away. Also, we want a fair opportunity to win these elections if we're able to galvanize the people and they support the policies and legislation and the ideals that we have. Uh, we don't want it to be broken. And so we're going to adopt, um, you know, the same type of things that they're doing uh, in Florida as well. What are your and thoughts on voter ID? Voter ID yeah. is, a, is a big thing. I don't know if you guys talked about that, but voter ID is something I stand very firm on. It's something that we will engage in very aggressively with my administration. Well, I'm glad you said that because it's so incredibly insulting to every American, no matter what, what minority group they might be a part of, to assert that you're so dumb or you're so incompetent or you're such an idiot that you can't get an ID to go and vote when you have to right. have an idea to maneuver around every aspect of society. It's so incredibly intellectual. 
intellectually insulting. And I th- and what I want to hear from those running for office is that I you know the the left is pushing that it should be easy, easy, easy. And I want to hear a push for it to be um, secure. That should be right. a, a secure election should be far more important than ease of elections. And if you're somebody that has to have it easy, then you know I don't care. You you know uh, it shouldn't be there shouldn't be opportunities for fraud simply because you're lazy. Okay, I've got to move on to some other areas before I run out of time with you. Loving your answers so far. Um, I didn't see anything in your platform um, that addressed what I think and many think is the reason for the recall effort in the first place, and that's his draconian COVID crackdowns. And I'm hearing from uh, many of my listeners and voters, many of which are Democrats, that are like, enough of these, enough of these controls. We want everything lifted uh, from the masks, mandates, to distancing, all these business moderations, 25% capacity here, 33% here. What's your plan as governor to, in terms of state interference regarding viruses? So, so it's two components to that. One of them is that it's like beating a dead horse. People already feel the stain and the frustration across the entire state in regards to the mismanagement of the whole COVID crisis with uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. And so it's not for us to really just say what we would do because it's kind of like we're we're past the point. So, of course, any candidate can say, oh, if I was governor, I would have done this. That's kind of like a cheat code. What I'd rather focus on is on how we can move forward. But, you know, if I'm speaking about only today, of course, I will lift mass mandates uh, 100% across um, the entire state. And also, I'm a huge supporter of our small businesses, which I have been mm-hmm. for the entire year, helping them put together rallies and um, put together meet and greets just so people can come and eat and participate at their businesses. Um, and so um, that that will happen in my first 100 days as governor, making sure that we eliminate all those different uh, regulations and mandates. Will you also ban vaccine passports, as was announced by the governor of Iowa today and Governor DeSantis? Well, I you know, so, and and I, I don't, and I wouldn't say this normally, but the only thing that I would mimic of uh, Joseph Biden is on the first day you would see a swift pen of executive orders rolling back a lot of these uh, these policies that Governor Gavin Newsom has put into place. So yes, uh, there will not be any uh, vaccine passport supported by Major Williams administration at all. Okay, um, and that inc- that means that you'll sign an executive order or whatever to ban. Vaccine passports. I want to make sure I'm clear. Got to move into schools. Um, Something I didn't see a whole lot on your... Um, and we don't have time to get into a huge amount of the weeds, but we've got these unions that are still uh, refusing to, to reopen the schools. They're laying out all kinds mm-hmm. of requirements like daycare and every, nothing that has anything to do with the Rona. So I want to know about your plan to get schools reopened and also in, t- in terms of dealing with the curriculum, which is all about indoctrination. It's not about teaching, reading, writing, and, and which is hurting the minority you know, kids. Now, it's not even just the in-home uh, learning that's been a disaster where 37% of kids never even talked to a teacher, but we're talking about... About this uh, education curriculum that involves pushing transgenderism on five-year-olds, critical race theory. What's your plan right. as governor to deal with the curriculum? Well, it's time to even a plan field. One of the things that we're going to do is implement a kids' union, which is going to be uh, a combination of the, the, the kids' voices, uh, the parents' voices, and other special interests uh, that really care about our kids' education and the curriculum that's been shoved, um, you know, shoved onto them. Uh, and so we, we've talked about this in, in very extensively, actually, this past week. Uh, the kids' union is going to be something that's just as powerful if we do it correctly as a teachers' union. Obviously, you know, the teachers' union is like a mini 
government in itself. Mm-hmm. So it's not as easy as just saying what you're going to do. You right. have to have a meticulous plan and work that particular plan and get it to a, to a place. One thing about me and my uh, campaign, I've been very transparent with everyone and to kind of mature the selective process. You're going to have candidates say we can do this and we can do that. There is no magic wand. But if you don't have the creativity or an imagination on how to eventually solve some of these issues or at least put a dent in it, uh, then we're going to be in a perpetual cycle or, mm-hmm. of you know, selecting the same type of individuals that give us all the nice candy during this election cycle but don't are not able to complete once they're actually in office. We so have the an, kids union is one of the ways we're going to come yeah. back. Well, you're the only one with that idea, and there's got to be something to counter the. And there, there's not really any creativity. I mean, uh, you know, the the Republican Party of California, you know, just really likes to shy away from the tougher issues. They like to just push, you know, lower taxes, and they like to go on the periphery. They don't like to come back against the social justice warrior movement. But that's really what's killing us. I mean, we uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, "Oh, I'm socially liberal, but fiscally conservative," and the two don't jive because the greatest thing that's killing us economically in the state is and then across the country from an economic standpoint is the uh, social justice warrior movement it's it's the idea right. that it's, cancel culture the cancel cancel culture and the idea that everybody should have a universal income and uh, raising the minimum wage to thirty dollars an hour you know talk a little bit about that before before our time is up well, a lot of these things actually, you know, come from mainstream media. And um, if you don't have representation as a reference, like leadership, so to speak, that's kind of teaching hard work to your kids and put together opportunities to have stories and create moments and memories that people can say, oh, you know what, I actually like this version and have an alternative. Right now, a lot of our state and also country, we don't have a lot of different outlets or narratives um, on alternatives, should I say, to look up to. And so as a leader, even even as a candidate, I'm now positioning myself to offer alternatives uh, in regards to like our kids. I'm saying, hey, you can be an entrepreneur now or you can be an entrepreneur later. You can create a business now. You do not have to wait. You don't have to be beholden to anyone else, to their no or whatever. So it's about empowerment. No one from a leadership perspective is trying to empower these kids versus they're trying to tell them, oh, you're right. It is too hard, so we should help you. Versus I'm going to say, you know, I want to show you how I made this $100 versus give you $100 because that feeling in itself and the, and the process of it allows you to be able to share that with your kids we and have your family a, as yeah, well. Uh, got to move along quickly here before we run out of time. We've got a caller on the line who called in and, and asked you to address the fact that we're losing jobs right and left. People are moving out of California. Did, I think we lost Major. Did we lose major? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Can you address the uh, losing jobs in California quickly and, and uh, manufacturing leaving in droves and and uh, businesses well, moving out? Well, that's going to continue to happen simply because California is not business friendly. And as you know, with our administration, we believe in business, a business friendly state. Um, um, and we, you know, as he said, you know, they're leaving in droves. And so if, if we don't reduce the res- restrictions and the regulations, corporations, even small businesses are feeling the pressure and they're not willing to uh, abide by it anymore. And so they're moving to other states like Texas uh, and Idaho and Atlanta. And so under my governorship, we will make uh, California business friendly again. Well, President Trump showed you don't, you, yeah, you don't have to be Milton Friedman, you know, really to understand economics, to know that, you know, the more regulations you put on a business and and the more money you take from them, the less they have to invest in in employees and research and development and expansion and and then that, that's you know and then then there's less revenue that's coming into the state major williams i'm Absolutely. out of time but i hope to have you back and you know i just thank you so
so much. I, it, running for office, we didn't even have a chance to get into it. But I admire anybody that runs for office because especially right now in this cancel culture that we've got, it doesn't matter who you are, what, what you're about, how great your family is. If you, Half of this country is going to come for you, especially if you're running as a Republican. And so I thank you right. for, for running for office, and I thank you for being here tonight. Quickly tell everybody how they can get more information and support your campaign. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you can go directly to our website, which is majorforgovernor.com. That's F-O-R. So that's majorforgovernor.com. And thank you so much. Thank you, Major. All right. Now, uh, stay tuned. We're going to take a tiny little break, but we've got more. So come on back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Before the break, we were talking to California GOP governor candidate. Major Williams, I liked his answers. Let's recap. He said he would uh, reopen everything, no mask mandates, none of that bu- that business. We'd be done with that. He would ban uh, vaccine passports. His idea for schools is a kids' union with uh, parental involvement to push back, fight fire with fire against the school unions. And what's big for me, he was pretty direct, didn't skirt around any of the questions we no. posed. He talked about making it a business-friendly environment, um, you know, basically a la Trump. You know, 10 minutes doesn't give you an opportunity to get too in the weeds, um, but... You know, so far his answers uh, were right on. Yeah, fairly impressed. Yeah. So, um, okay. Update on the Chauvin trial, which I would have liked to have an opportunity to get into that with him because race relations, for those who don't know, um, he's African-American and race relations in this country uh, just are at an all-time low. Not all-time, obviously, given, uh, you know, slavery, but you know what I'm trying to say. They're at, a, they're at a critical point of lowness in this country by design, by division. And the Chauvin trial is is about putting America on trial so that they can once and for all have America deemed, you know, a racist nation. Uh, with This is an example. And, you know, if if the evidence matters to the jury, it could get real ugly. Um, I, you know, I think I think America is going to burn no matter what happens here because there's just such an anger. Because I think that if Chauvin is found guilty, it's going to validate the fact that America is horrible to them to 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 the left, and they're going to burn America. And if he's acquitted, um, it's really going to get ugly. Here's some evidence uh, that was presented today. Jack Posobiec of One America News is uh, doing a phenomenal job watching every bit of the trial, so you don't have to. Couple of points today: a state investigator says that he believes that Chauvin's knee was actually on his back, not on his neck, which could explain why the autopsy done by the uh, medical examiner for the county said that the death was a drug overdose, not asphyxiation. There was also a video that was presented by the defense to where you could hear George Floyd saying, I ate too many drugs kind of hard for and first of all it's kind of hard to be speaking if your air, airway is is shut off by the way um the interesting point to that is and i didn't see this but uh, a prosecutorial witness uh, admitted that that's what he said uh on the video but then when the prosecution came back to re-examine because prosecutor had him up and examined him then defense did a cross-examination during the cross-examination he admits yeah that video is him saying I ate too many drugs. Prosecutors come back up and re-examine him, and, he, and suddenly he didn't hear that anymore. So, um, 
you know, I, I don't know what's going through the jury's mind. I don't believe he could get a fair trial um, in this area. But you know what? At this point, I don't know that he could really get in any more fair trial anywhere else. Um, so because you know what? America's on trial. And so far, America has been in recent times unfairly judged uh, by the left in this country. And that's by design. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jen Kearns. Thank you, Major Williams. Thank you, Skins. We'll see you all tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out.